Welcome back everyone, and a happy new year to all the dividend investors out there. With the start of a new month and a new year, it's time to take a look at the top 10 high yield dividend stocks my screening process produces. This month the average dividend yield on the list is a juicy 4.83%, and the 10 chosen stocks are about 33% undervalued based on dividend yield theory. Let's jump right into the list, and afterwards I'll talk about past results and some of the other metrics I have been tracking. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. First up this month we have Best Buy. The stock sports an attractive dividend yield of 4.33% right now. Dividend yield theory suggests it may be about 46% undervalued compared to its trailing dividend yield of just 2.34%. Best Buy's payout ratio has trended higher over the past year, but still sits at a pretty safe 50%. The company has a solid streak of dividend growth, with both the 3 and 5 year dividend growth rates in the high teens. During the past 2 years, Best Buy has rewarded long term shareholders with very strong dividend increases. In 2021, the company raised its dividend by 27.27%, and last year the increase was an equally impressive 25.71%. I don't think shareholders should expect this high of an increase in 2023, but they won't have to wait long to find out. Best Buy typically declares its new dividend rate in late February or early March. Long-term revenue and earnings are improving when we compare the 3 and 5 year averages. I think once final 2022 statements are released, this trend might look a little different, but I remain bullish on the long-term growth of the business. Best Buy has a narrow moat rating that implies competitive advantage for at least the next 10 years. Their management team has a standard rating, and the stock has an A- rating from S&P Capital for their earnings and dividend history. My back of the napkin, annual return estimate for the stock over the next 5 years is 12.36% per year. This is a combination of forecasted earnings growth, a return to fair value based on dividend yield theory, and the current dividend yield. This return estimate is not to be taken as a precise number. I mainly use it to filter out the stocks my screening process points out. I tend to favor stocks that have a return estimate of at least 12%. For the month of January, Best Buy ranked as the 7th best stock in terms of quality, and the 3rd best stock in terms of current valuation. This gave the company the best combined score on the watchlist. Best Buy first appeared in the top 10 list 12 months ago. The past year hasn't been a great one for the stock, as its total return is minus 17.49%. If we look at the individual monthly returns from the prior year, it was really the first 6 months that drove the share price down. Over the last 6 months, the stock is up 25.84% and an even more impressive 27.99% during just the last quarter. The stock did give up about 5% in December, but it's still on a strong rally that started in October. June or September were more favorable times to pick up shares, but I still believe the stock looks attractive at its current price. Number 2 this month is Texas Instruments with a solid 3.01% dividend yield. The stock appears about 21% undervalued as compared to its trailing yield of 2.36%. The company's payout ratio is back to long-term averages of around 50%, in 2021, the payout ratio did spike a little, but today it stands at a comfortable 48%. Texas Instruments has a very impressive streak of dividend growth, but one that has been cooling off. The 3-year dividend growth rate of 16.98% is about 4% lower than the 5-year dividend growth rate of 20.75%. If we look at the annual dividend change from the last 5 years, it has come down quite a lot. In 2017, the dividend was increased by 29%, then 24% in 2018, and 22% in 2019. In 2020, the increase fell to about 16%, and again to 13% in 2021. Last year, the company bumped its annual dividend rate by 11.4%. 
We will have to wait till quarter four of 2023 to find out what this year's increase will be. That's a little too far out in the future to make any assumptions today. I think Texas Instruments has a very impressive dividend growth history for a stock that yields 3%, and I would be comfortable holding the stock even if the dividend growth falls to high single digits. Revenue and earnings growth has been cooling off if we compare the long-term 3- and 5-year averages. The company has a wide economic moat, implying 20 years of competitive advantage, and an exemplary management team. S&P Capital gives Texas Instruments the highest rating of a for their earnings and dividend history. My annual return estimate for the stock is 14.48%. About half of this return is based on future earnings growth, with the other half being the dividend yield and the current undervaluation. The company ranked 3rd best in terms of quality in January, and 16th best in terms of valuation. For perspective, my screening process generated a list of 36 high-yield dividend stocks for January, and these rankings are only relative to these 36 stocks. Texas Instruments first appeared in the top 10 list 6 months ago, and because of that, I only have total return data for that period of time. The stock has been a pretty good investment over the past 6 months, with a total return of 9.06%. Not as generous as Best Buy, but I'll take a return of 9.06% over a 6-month period any day. Okay, number 3 this month is Truist Financial Corporation, with a 4.81% dividend yield. Dividend yield theory tells us the stock may be about 33% undervalued, compared to its trailing yield of 3.2%. They have a healthy payout ratio of about 45%, and a decent history of dividend growth. Comparing the 5- and 3-year dividend growth rates, we can see a trend of decline. But the 5-year dividend growth rate is a little inflated by the large dividend increase in 2018 of 23.81%. Aside from 2018, Truist has generally been a sub-10% dividend growth stock. Last year, the annual dividend was raised by 7.53%, right in line with the 3-year dividend growth rate. This is still a very healthy dividend growth rate for a stock that yields almost 5%. Long-term revenue growth has been pretty strong and improving when comparing the 3- and 5-year averages. Earnings have not grown as nicely, and the 3-year average is much lower than the 5-year average. While I prefer to see similar figures for revenue and earnings, it's still a good sign that both long-term growth rates are positive, albeit earnings are not trending in the right direction. The company has a narrow moat and a standard management rating. S&P Capital ranks their earnings and dividend history at B+, which is an average ranking. Anything above A- is above average, and anything below B+, is below average. My annual return estimate for the stock is 12.29%, with the return predominantly coming from the valuation and dividend yield. Truist ranked 13th best for quality, and 12th best for valuation this month. It first appeared in the top 10 list 26 months ago, and has a total return of 11.48% since then. The past year has not been kind to the stock. It has a total return of minus 23.04%. The stock was a laggard in the quarter 4 rally, posting gains of just 2.87% in October and 5.78% in November. It then gave up all of these gains in December, posting a loss of 8.08%. I'd like to see more favorable returns from Truist in the coming year. Number 4 this month is Comcast, with a dividend yield of 3.08%. The stock appears to be about 39% undervalued, when compared to its trailing yield of just 1.88%. The company has a payout ratio of about 88%, which doesn't seem accurate. I think Schwab's data is a little off this month, as Comcast has an annual dividend rate of $1.08, and their last earnings were $3.59, which would give us a payout ratio somewhere around 30%. You should probably verify my numbers if you decide to dig deeper into this stock. Dividend growth has been cooling off lately, with the prior two dividend increases both being below 9%. I think we can expect to see mid-to-high single-digit dividend growth for Comcast this year as well. Revenue and earnings look just fine in terms of long-term averages. Both are declining slightly as the company loses cable subscribers, but those losses are offset by growth in other segments. Comcast has a wide economic moat, and I'm sure some of you know very well that depending on where you live, they may be the only option for cable TV or internet service. Their management rating is standard, and they have an A rating from S&P Capital. 
My annual return estimate for the stock is 16.57%, with 3% coming from the current dividend yield, and the remainder equally split between future earnings growth and the return to fair value. Comcast ranked 19th best in terms of business quality, and 7th best in terms of valuation on this month's watches. The stock first popped up on the top 10 list 4 months ago, and it's been a pretty bumpy ride thus far. The total return over the past 4 months is minus 2.53%, as the stock fell sharply in September. It did perform quite well in the October and November market rally, but gave up about 4.5% of those gains last month. Number 5 this month is 3M Company, with a 4.94% dividend yield. Dividend yield theory tells us the stock may be 40% undervalued, when compared to its trailing yield of 2.96%. The payout ratio is quite safe at around 52%, with the dividend growth rate being rather subpar. The 3 and 5 year rates don't even paint the bleak picture of the last 2 years. 3M has raised its quarterly rate by 1 penny each year, which resulted in the annual dividend increasing by just 0.68%. There have been a lot of headlines about lawsuits and settlements surrounding this conglomerate, so I'd definitely do my research before initiating a position. This top 10 list is purely based on quantitative data, and it ignores the news headlines. Based on the numbers, 3M looks attractive this month, but please keep in mind, this list is meant as a starting point for further research. Alright, getting back to the company review. Long-term revenue and earnings are pretty low as well, but both positive, which is what the screener looks for. 3M has a wide economic moat and a standard management team. S&P Capital ranks their earnings and dividend history as an A. My annual return estimate for the stock is 12.22%, with very little of this return coming from future earnings growth. The company ranked 26 for quality this month, and 6 best in terms of valuation. It first appeared in the top 10 list 26 months ago, and has a total return of minus 18.65% over that period of time. The past year also hasn't been pretty, with the stock falling almost 30%. The only bright note are the last 3 months, where the stock posted a total gain of 9.81%. Number 6 this month is Intel, with a dividend yield of 5.57%. The stock appears about 55% undervalued when compared to its trailing dividend yield of 2.5%. Their payout ratio is relatively safe, around 45%, and dividend growth has been modest. During the last 4 years, the company has raised its annual dividend by about 5%, which is a decent dividend growth rate given the very attractive dividend yield the stock currently sports. Long-term revenue growth is positive, but trending lower. Earnings growth has also remained positive, but trended down more significantly. The company has a narrow economic moat and a standard management team rating. S&P Capital has an A- rating for the company's earnings and dividend history. My annual return estimate for the stock is 14.75%, with none of the return coming from future earnings growth. The return is solely driven by the current dividend yield and a return to fair value over the next 5 years. Intel ranked number 31 this month for quality, and number 2 for valuation on my watch list. The company first appeared on the top 10 list 26 months ago, and has thus far generated a total return of minus 35.91%. This makes them one of the worst watch list stocks. But that is all in the past, and my focus here is on the future, so hopefully the horizon is brighter than the prior 2 years. 2022 was a pretty rough year for the stock, as it fell 46%, which was twice as much as the S&P 500. Intel did partake in the Q4 rally, but has given up a significant portion of the short-term gains in December. The stock is up 3.88% during the past quarter, and I'm very curious to see what 2023 holds in store for this tech giant. Number 7 this month is Medtronic, with a 3.5% dividend yield. Dividend yield theory tells us the stock may be about 37% undervalued right now. It has a payout ratio of about 81%, that might be too high for many dividend investors, but it also has a very good history of dividend growth. The annual dividend growth rate has plateaued right around the 8% range for the past 6 years, which is a good range to be in given the 3.5% dividend yield and the long streak of consistent dividend payments from this aristocrat. Long-term revenue has grown at a rate of about 1% per year, with earnings growing modestly faster. This snail pace of growth is not ideal, but on a bright note the company is growing. They have a wide economic moat and a standard management team rating. S&P Capital assigns Medtronic a rating of B+, 
which places them as an average earnings and dividend grower. My annual return estimate for the stock is 12.3%, with about half of this return tied to a return to fair value, and the remainder being the dividend yield and future earnings growth. Medtronic ranked 29th this month in terms of quality, and 10th in terms of valuation. The stock first appeared on the top 10 list last month, so I only have one month's worth of return data. It wasn't a great start, as the total return was minus 0.8%, but given that the S&P and my watches from last month fell considerably more, it wasn't the worst start either. Number 8 this month is Verizon, with a 6.65% dividend yield. The stock appears to be about 35% undervalued when compared to its trailing yield of 4.32%. They have a good payout ratio of 55%, but rather weak recent dividend growth rates. For the past 7 years, Verizon has grown its annual dividend by approximately 2% per year. Prior to 2016, shareholders did see a few more attractive dividend bumps, but the company has never been known to be a high dividend grower. Given the attractive dividend yield, I think some investors are willing to accept a subpar dividend growth. Long-term revenue growth is positive, but relatively low right around 1%. Earnings have grown significantly faster at rates of 10% plus per year. Verizon has a narrow economic moat and a standard management team rating. S&P Capital gives them a B plus rating, probably due to the low dividend growth history. My annual return estimate for the stock is 14.48%, with about 1.6% coming from future earnings growth, and the remainder split evenly between the dividend stream and a return to fair value. Verizon ranked 28th this month for quality and 11th for valuation. The stock first appeared on the top 10 list last month, and it got off to a pretty good start, gaining 1.08%, and moving against the trend of the overall market. Number 9 this month is Bank of Montreal, with a 4.61% dividend yield. Dividend yield theory tells us the stock may be 34% undervalued right now. It has a very good payout ratio of 27% and a good history of dividend growth. BMO had a few years of decent high single-digit dividend increases over the past 5 years or so, but last year they increased their annual dividend rate by 23.33%, which improved their long-term averages. Revenue growth has trended down but remains positive. Earnings have grown considerably faster and actually improved when comparing the 3- and 5-year averages. The bank has a narrow economic moat and a standard management team rating. They have a rating of A from S&P Capital. My annual return estimate for the stock is 15.31%, with a good chunk of this return coming from return to fair value. BMO ranked 20th for quality and 21st for valuation this month. The stock first appeared on the top 10 list 26 months ago, and has a very impressive total return of 64.61% over this period of time, making them one of the best long-term watches stocks. The past year was rather weak as the stock delivered a negative 12.4% total return. Even though this return is negative, it was better than the S&P 500. And the final stock this month is Enterprise Product Partners, with a 7.84% dividend yield. Dividend yield theory tells us the stock may be about 6% undervalued right now. The company has a high payout ratio of 80%, but this isn't a proven over it was historically. The payout ratio did creep above 90% just a year ago, so seeing this ratio trend down is a positive sign. Dividend growth has cooled off a lot for this company, with the last 5% plus dividend bump coming in 2016. Given the super high dividend yield, I think a lower dividend growth rate is acceptable. Long-term revenue and earnings growth trends have also dipped recently, but continue to remain positive based on the prior three-year averages. The company does have a wide economic mode and an exemplary management team rating. S&P Capital rates their earnings and dividend history as an A-, placing them in the above-average category. My return estimate for the stock is 15.5%, with future earnings growth and the dividend stream making up the majority of this estimate. EPD ranked 16th for quality and 28th for valuation this month. The stock first appeared on the top 10 list 17 months ago, and has thus far returned 17.29%, which is a pretty great return given what we saw in the market last year. The stock weathered 2022 better than average, giving long-term shareholders a positive 18.26% total return. It is also up over the past 3 and 6 month periods. I'd like to see this strong return extended into the new year. There you have it, those are the top 10 high yield dividend stocks my screening process produced for January. 
Let's now take a quick look at the track record for this list over the past 26 months. December was a pretty rough month, with the top 10 lists falling 6.11%. This was worse than VIG, the Vanguard Dividend Appreciation ETF, that fell 3.49%. The watchlist also trailed SPY, that fell 5.76%. The final 2022 return for the watchlist was minus 11.95%, which was much worse than VIG, that finished the year down 0.45%. But it was better than SPY, that shed 18.16% last year. Since inception, the annualized rate of return for this watchlist is 12.67%, which is above my long-term goal of 12%. But the watchlist is not performing better than VIG, that has an annualized rate of return of 19.03% during the same period of time. The watchlist is doing better than SPY, that has a return of just 9.27%. In my watchlist defense, the objective is not to invest in all of the stocks it generates. The goal, at least for me, is to get investing ideas from this multi-list, that I can research further, and determine whether or not I would like to own any of the businesses. Additionally, buying and selling 10 stocks each month would not be a tax-efficient investing strategy. I track the long-term returns of the top 10 lists merely out of curiosity. A more meaningful return figure and a more tax-efficient investing strategy would be a buy-and-hold portfolio built using the stocks presented on this watchlist. I don't personally follow such a strategy, but here's what it would look like. Each month you would invest an equal amount of money into all of the top 10 stocks. You would never sell these positions and reinvest all dividends back into the portfolio. I've been tracking what type of results this strategy would produce. The first buy and hold portfolio was started in January of 2021, so now it has two years worth of data. This portfolio lost 5.2% in December, underperforming VIG but slightly outpacing SPY. The final return for this portfolio for 2022 was minus 4.99%, which is worse than VIG's minus 0.45% on the year. Since inception, which was January of 2021, this portfolio is still ahead of VIG by 0.31%. It's given up a lot of alpha in 2022, but got off to a very nice start in 2021. Compared to SPY, the portfolio is generating a 9.75% better return during the past two years. It is made up of 50 unique dividend stocks that have appeared on my top 10 list during the past two years. Since the objective of my stock screener is to find quality companies that are trading for attractive prices, we are going to catch stocks when they are out of favor or have been heavily discounted by the market. So it would naturally make sense that it will take time for these stocks to generate ample returns, since sometimes the screener catches them on the way down and not when they are ready to recover. I'm very curious what type of return this portfolio can generate in the upcoming year and beyond. I also track another portfolio based on the same concept, but this one was started in January of 2022, so it just finished its first year. It has not performed as well as the 2021 portfolio. In December, this portfolio lost 6.77%, and the final return for 2022 was minus 9.43%. This put the portfolio 8.97% behind VIG after the first year, it is however beating SPY by 8.74%. I'd like to see better results from this portfolio in 2023, but it will take some time to bridge that 8.97% margin to VIG. This portfolio has 34 unique stocks, so it's a little smaller than the 2021 portfolio. I'll likely start another buy and hold portfolio for 2023 that will start off with the 10 stocks I presented to you today. In total, there have been 68 unique dividend stocks that have appeared on the top 10 list during the last 26 months. 51 of these stocks have a positive total return since first appearing on the list. The average total return for these 51 stocks is 32.96%. The average total return for all 68 past and present watchlist stocks is 20.26%. So this screening process has generated some good ideas, and a few bad ones. There is no perfect stock screener, and this one certainly is not perfect either. The best performing stock on the watchlist has been Principal Financial Group, that is up 132.49%. The second best stock is General Dynamics, that is up 98.19%. In third place we have CVS Health, that is up 74.19%. In fourth place is Merck, that is up 65.45%.
And rounding out the top 5, we have Bank of Montreal, with a total return of 64.61%. The worst performing stocks have been Advanced Auto Parts, that is down 25.49%, T-Row Price Group, that is down 26.42%, Intel, that is down 35.91%, Paramount Global, that is down 36.73%, and the worst stock is Blackstone, that is down 39.48%. The main difference between the best and worst performing stocks is that the best performing stocks have appeared on the top 10 list many months ago and have since not made the cut, while the worst performing stocks have almost all appeared on the top 10 list recently. Perhaps the stock screener is catching these stocks early on their way down, and they will still generate ample returns in the distant future. I look forward to testing this theory more over time. As of right now, the top 36 stocks by total return have not appeared on the top 10 list for at least the last 9 months, while 23 out of the 32 worst performing stocks have appeared on the top 10 list at least once in the past couple of months. So there is some indication of a trend forming here, but I don't think it's overly conclusive this correlation exists.